Welcome to Speaking in Spoons, the chronically ill podcast with your host, Christina Brooklyn. Hi, um, this is Christina Brookman, and I am your host with Speaking in Spoons, and this is a Spoonie Sunday. Um, I missed last week's Spoonie Sunday. I was having a rough week with migraines, um, um, and also just taking a day for myself. I hope everyone had a happy Valentine's Day. That's my little Valentine Phoenix. Uh, he's a got the zoomies um but uh i wanted to share some things um that are going on with the podcast uh this week i hope you guys saw we um released our third episode of the season uh where we talk about invisible illness and the graphic novel ripple effects where the superhero actually has an invisible illness, diabetes. Um, and it's really amazing. If you have not already um, got your own copy, uh, you should definitely look look it up. Uh, we have the link on our website on speakingandspoons.com. You can also go to Fanbase Press directly. Um, but I hope you enjoy that episode. And on the 28th, you'll get to hear Jonathan's personal story with disability uh, and his journey with autism and diabetes. Um, and then on a personal note, um, I have been dealing uh, with issues with my SNAP. Um, for those of you that are not aware or from Virginia, SNAP, um, is uh, the food stamps for Virginia. Um, and I have been on that, uh, had to be on that um, ever since I've been on disability. Um, and um, and it, I don't think people realize that. I think, you know, people, and I know people that are sick too, also think, you know, when they become, uh, if they are able to get on disability that, um, you know, you think, um, or you hope that it, you know, that the, the stress and the headaches will end, um, once you're able to get disability, because it is that, um, support system that you need. And it is wonderful. There are so many resources and supports out there, but it is still very hard, um, for those living on disability, it's very low income. Um, many of us, you know, if you do not ha have family that you can live uh, with, um, there are very little housing uh, opportunities in many states. It just depends on where you live. Some states are better than others. Um, that's going to be a whole other episode. I'm hoping next season we can get somebody in for that because that's definitely an issue. Um, but in regards to food, many of us have to be um, on food stamps and use food banks and other forms of assistance. Um, and uh, a silver lining of COVID was that, uh, at least in Virginia, we got um, uh, extra food stamps. Um, 
uh, they increased the amount of food stamps that you get so you could get healthy so that you could get um, healthy um, healthier access to foods and more people were going to be needing it um but that's going to be ending this month um which i find strange because um as as everybody knows uh grocery costs are increasing you know with inflation um and so in a time when groceries are more expensive to purchase we're losing um financial aid to getting those groceries they're essentially cut in half um mine on top of that did not load in this new year um every you know year you have to uh, reapply so they make sure that you know your finances are meeting the requirement for uh getting aid um and uh because i had moved there had been you know i had a set up to have everything online um and and be paperless but something happened in the past year and i ended up getting a new case or back with an old caseworker i had um many years ago who shall remain nameless but um uh, every time i called i i never could reach her and she never returned phone calls which i hear is is very common but i've had multiple and she was by far the the most difficult to get responses from um and the most ineffective um and i've had this happen before where um my card didn't load and um there would be a problem with a card and I, you actually have to, the only way to get it fixed really was to go in person um, and get it fixed. Um, the downtown location that we have is very inaccessible um, and I don't drive. And in, you know, uh, public transportation um, is not the best in Richmond, uh, in Virginia. Um, having lived in other cities and other places, it's very difficult to do public transportation here. I can't be alone in a Lyft um, or Uber by myself. I have to have somebody with me. So that, you know, changes um, with the times that I can do that. But also now that I do have a caretaker, like you can't park downtown. Um, so she can't even drive me downtown and Needless to say, I have been two months without food stamps. Um, so I have been racking up on a credit card and then asking, you know, family and friends for help and things like that. But every day is making those phone calls every day. So being disabled, even though you're unable to work, it's like sometimes you're particularly with a chronic illness or I mean, anybody who has family, loved one with a disability, you know, half the time you're on the phone with doctors, you're taking them to doctor's appointments, you're dealing with the bureaucracy in order to get them the resources that they need. Um, and I am having to advocate and fight for myself, you know, to be able to get housing, get, you know, my basic needs met. Um uh, 
which is interesting. I think that's why we actually had uh, an interview today, a roundtable discussion about um, accessibility and representation in the arts. Um, and uh, one of the questions that I brought up was, how do you feel? We had some incredible um gifted and experienced artistic directors in this discussion. Um, and I asked the question, how do you feel about a non-disabled person playing the role of a disabled person? Um, and I found myself actually on the, the end of controversy in that um, I feel I, I am not offended I would not be offended to see somebody that does not have my disorders portray my disorders in a theatrical production or TV or, I mean, I've already, my offense is not at the actors. My offense is usually at the writing that is inaccurate. Um, so uh, I think for me, and, and I made the comment, um, uh, you know, for me, it's about, you know, the, it should be the right actor for the part. And I was schooled on that. And, and I understand, I think I chose the wrong words. What I, I think I, cause I know for me and having, having trained and having been an actress, there's no way I physically could be in a play. I just couldn't, I couldn't handle rehearsal. You know, I can, like these podcasts, I do an interview and I pass out and it affects me a whole week. Not So it's not like, yeah, I could do a couple hours a day or an hour a day, 30 minutes a day. I couldn't, I, I physically, and, and, and every day is different. Every hour is different, but that's where we get into, you know, all disabilities are different. So I think they make, oh my gosh, I can't wait for you guys to hear this roundtable because they had so many incredible insights and things that they have done and experience and ideas, I think, for the future of how we make um, theater in the arts more accessible for audience members and goers and also um, for uh, artists who want to be a part of productions and training and for years have not been able to, like, how do we make it more inclusive? Um, and I think the other thing is our stories haven't been being told, you know, like when I look at the plays that are out there and like seasons and things like that, um, they're not, there are certain hot topics now and, and there have been for years and there's certain, there are so many conditions, you know, there's so many illnesses, there's so many disabilities, you know, um, and coming from the invisible disability community and particularly the rare disorder community, um, our stories are so rarely told um, in any kind of theatrical sense um i i feel very strongly that we need to be making those scripts you know 
Um, and is that a, a, like those scripts need to be coming from the heart of those with those illnesses and disabilities and from those communities? Um, do they need to be portrayed by those people? Yes and no. Um, I think it depends on the play. I think it depends on the character, the community, everything. I think um, we can't pigeonhole roles, people, actors, communities. The important thing is this story gets out there. The people's voices are heard. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, and I totally... I'm not, I'm just, I've been, I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> I've been in a lot of pain, so I'm having trouble. I hope I'm communicating accurately. All I know is that I think you guys are going to love this episode. I hope you check out these these theater companies um, because they're doing such incredible work for, um, for all kinds of communities. Um, and I was very just honored to have them on our show. Uh, the bios are up on our website now. Um, this is, uh, we've got Hedro Theater Company, Family Theater Company uh, with a PH. Um, and then we got Richmond Triangle Theater. Uh, and it was just incredible discussion. Um, but I guess where I was going in that was I realized and trying to understand why I feel that is just that just trying. And I think Lexi has said this sometimes, that sometimes we have to focus on taking care of ourselves before we can look to doing, advocating for other people and doing those other things. And so maybe there are people and conditions and things out there that their need is self-care and that's okay. And then it's okay to have actors portray those conditions because what those people need is to be caring for themselves. Um, because, you know, like, but it is the job of the actor to research that. But also people, <laughs> With the snap, like, write your senators, write your congressmen. It is uncomprehensible to me that we are taking food, a basic necessity, away from people in a time when the cost of eggs is more expensive. Vegetables has gone up. Everything is going up. Um, I, I was so excited when I got a health insurance card. This is a new thing. I have Medicare and Medicaid and, and they're combined and you get a health insurance card that will allow you to do gas in your car if you drive or a caretaker or family member that drives you around. Um, it can also help with food or, uh, utilities, but they're having a lot of problems with these cards because, um, like I went to the instructions are very vague. Uh, I went to use it, had all of my groceries lined up. I'd had 
two migraine par um I, like a, a period of paralysis in the grocery store because someone was wearing, wearing a perfume that affected me. Um, and so by the time, you know, we had everything, I was just like, I, I need to check out and be done. Right. Well, it took another half hour to try to like, we had everything got rung up, wasn't accepted. Tried it another, tried it through debit, wasn't accepted took things out that were not healthy, which were like, you know, one bag of chips. Um, and then I was like, maybe we need to remove the avocado because is avocado healthy to some people? Avocados are not healthy to other people. Um, and like actual avocado, not like guacamole, avocado. Um, and then uh, we call a manager. We go to, to management, have them look at it. They're, oh yeah, these cars are accessible. Uh, uh, you know, we've used these before. So they're trying to figure it out while I'm on the phone with insurance, which is 15 minute wait, finally get someone. She's like, oh yeah, it has to be healthy foods. And I'm like, honey, we just tried to only ring up the water that, and it wouldn't take. And she's like, oh, let me look. And like, okay, you can only use it at these two locations. The one you're at, you can't use. And I'm like, crap. And my caretaker's like, well, let's just go you know, leave everything and then go get the groceries somewhere else. And I'm like, I can't even imagine putting my body through that. Like, so I just put it on my credit. Um, wish I do not have the money to pay back. Um, like it's going to be, it's a journey, <laughs> but, uh, but then I was like, now I know where to go for the groceries. So then the next time I needed groceries, I went to that location. I went to that place. So excited. I was like, I have money where I can like actually get like things to make salads, like fresh foods, not canned foods, not like high salty, like crap, which is what you normally get when you're on EBT because you can't really afford anything else. Even with these increases in payments, it's still... You know, like we ask why poor poor people are tend to be more overweight. It's because we, you know, food is expensive. Um, like healthy food is expensive, um, and medicines and things like that. But um, but anyways, so excited go to check out, and because I had gotten all this great produce, um, and you know, inflation, you know, the bill was much larger than I'm used to. And I was like, it's great. I have all this money on this thing. Well, $70 was accepted. $80 was not. And it wouldn't say what was not accepted, you know, like, and it was literally like all produce. Like there was, again, one bag of chips, I took those out, took out avocado <laughs> and like literally everything is vegetables and there was nothing else that could have warranted $80 that I would have had to pay for like you know like with EBT it'll tell you you cannot get this and it's usually hot foods and you know alcohol um but it'll say boom 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 not accepted um wouldn't say what it was. And then I go on the online 
for the insurance wouldn't say, I called insurance. First thing they said, well, were you getting healthy foods? Yes, ma'am, I was. Oh, well, I can't see on my end what it is. Um, you know, my, I called my Medicare caseworker. They can't see, but they have had a lot of complaints that this is like the cars are causing a lot of confusion and a lot of problems. I also, the grocery store said the same thing. Also, like I try, you cannot use it to have groceries delivered. You have to be there in person, um, which to me is the antithesis of some kind of support program, program like this for people with disabilities because I cannot drive. So that forces me to wait for somebody who can take me to the grocery store. It means I can't use Amazon where I have my groceries delivered or Instacart or any other kind of program like that. Even Walmart, even though it's accepted at Walmart, I can't use Walmart delivery. So it's just things like this that I think really need to be sat down and thought all the way out and discussed with with representatives and people from the disabled community. How does this affect you? You know, what do you actually need? You know, um, because just getting up and going to the grocery store is really hard. Like even if I could drive, there is going to be a point where I'm not going to have like I have a vehicle now. Um, well, it's I gave it to my mom, but like it's an old car and being on disability, I'm not going to have the money to buy a new car or to upkeep that car. And I know that goes for a lot of people out there. Um, and to get a vehicle that um, is accessible, you know, all kinds of things. Um, so <laughs> that was my frustration this week. I try to laugh about it, but it is... It truly can be exhausting and like banging your head up against a wall just to function, um, just to live, just to have a roof over your head and to have nourishment and like water, you know, just things like that. Uh, and, and people may not think this is... Uh, a necessity, but internet. Um, I see all my TV that way. TV and music for me are a form of pain management. Um, it helps me go to another place so I can kind of tune out from my pain. Um, and if I did not have, because I cannot always read, because with reading, I have to think. And when I'm in those levels of pain, thinking makes me notice my pain more and makes me more in pain. Um, so in having the internet gives me those things. Um, it also allows me to stay in social contact with people, which is so important for my emotional health and my physical health. Um, it helps me do telehealth appointments with my doctors, which is vital. Um, and it's also important for people to have entertainment um, to have joy. And, you know, it's it, though your happiness, your, it, when it, if, when it's all 
about, you know, those that should be considered a necessity, you know, like, I mean, yes, food, housing first, but then like, but if you're not, but if that's all it is, and that's all you're thinking about and focusing about all the time, then you're just living in trauma. It's just trauma, reactive trauma over and over again. And your body never heals. That affects your health, you know? Um, and we're not supporting people in our communities with the opportunities to have those social lives and that entertainment um, because we don't see them as necessities. And they very much are so. So that's my final thought for this Spoonie Sunday. And I'm sending you lots of spoons. And I look forward to talking with you next week. Have a great week. Bye. If you want to contact us, please send a DM or an email to speakingatspoons at gmail.com with any stories you have or if you'd like to interview with us on any of our upcoming topics. Thank you for listening to Speaking in Spoons and have a great day.